Hello and welcome to our podcast Inside SAP as for HANA. We are Fernanda Rodriguez and Maria Silipo from SAP Engineering, your hosts for this special episode today. It's amazing how time flies. It's already been three years since we have started this podcast, so I have to say happy birthday to us. In the past three years, we have had the pleasure to discuss a lot of interesting topics with several well-known partners and customers who are willing to share their journey right to the digital enterprise. But today we would like to dedicate this special episode to another very important topic out of order and give the spotlight to the success woman in tech. Now, we know that IT is a typically male-dominated industry, right? But women have become more and more prominent in this field as well. And today, we have the pleasure to talk about our experiences as women in tech with two other guests. So please welcome with us our fellow colleague from SAP Engineering, Jennifer Röder, as well as Jessica Heath from our valued partner, Redhead. Jenny, Jessica, thank you so much for joining today. Before we dive right into this important discussion, though, let's start our episode as usual with some interesting facts about ourselves. I myself am really into acrylic painting and I try to paint whenever I have some free time. Um, Fernanda, do you have any interesting hobbies you'd like to share with our audience? Um, so last year I have started to play tennis for the first time. I'm completely new to the sport. But last summer I had great training sessions and I miss it already now that it's autumn, so the weather is not so nice to play tennis anymore. And I also like to watch football matches, especially in the stadium when I have time. What about you, Jessica? Yeah, so I have a three-year-old daughter, uh, so my interesting hobby is uh, negotiating with toddlers these days. <laughs> But in my free time, personally, I, I do really enjoy hot yoga, um, live theater, live music, um, just kind of getting out of the house and having a good time, um, any chance I have to kind of get away. How about you, Jenny? Thank you. Um, so actually nothing super interesting about myself. Um, I love watching soccer too. Um, I used to play handball actually half of my life, but I do not do it anymore. Um, but to Fernanda's point, I also got a um, tennis racket for my birthday. So I plan to actually start playing very soon too. So maybe we can meet on a pitch. That's great. That's really nice to know. Maybe we can share this hobby sometime soon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's really something I would like to see. <laughs> Uh, now that we have gotten to know each other on the personal level, let's talk a bit about business, right? As we are here to talk about women in tech. I would say it's pretty important we share a bit about our stories with our audience, right? So first, I would like to hear from you, Jenny and Jessica. Who are you in this tech world? So what do you do? How did you get here? Yeah, so maybe I start. Um, so I started as vocational training student at SAP back in 2014. Um, that was in the field of business informatics. And after my bachelor's degree, I actually started off on my first full-time role in SAP consulting, which was very classical, so large customer implementation projects, actually also lots of ABAP uh, programming, um, process consulting and so on. And during that, I um, you know, started to uh, do a part-time MBA 
primarily on the weekends. And that also increased the wish to work more strategically, which is why I applied for a, a business assistant role um, for our president of S4HANA, who is responsible for our product portfolio around ERP, uh, supply chain industries. And that role, I basically was his right hand. So I was you know, um, assisting him throughout the day. I was in charge of providing information and updates regularly on, you know, various topics. I did some inbox support, travel on-site support and so on. Um, and after two years in that role, I transitioned into my current role, which is chief of staff. Um, and that's also my first leadership role, actually, where I manage a team of assistants and customer officers and project managers. And we basically try to do everything to make him more efficient and, you know, support him in any business related activities, basically driving strategic initiatives and so on. How about you, Jessica? Yeah, so um, at Red Hat, I am our director of platform go-to-market team. So I lead a team of folks dedicated to really understanding what our customers need and, and establishing strategies on how to help our sellers articulate Red Hat's value to, to kind of address those needs. I've been at Red Hat for 14 years. I started out as an account executive, um, did that for about five years, then moved into our partner ecosystem side. And that led me to leading our SAP partnership in North America for about seven years um, before moving to my current role. So it's been a fun ride, um, interesting, met a lot of fun people along the way. Uh, so yeah. How about you, Fernanda? <laughs> That's really great to understand a bit more about your sto stories. Actually, I came from Brazil, but I'm living in Germany for almost two years. In Brazil, I studied communications and journalism, and I did my MBA in marketing. I worked almost 10 years on TV channels, online media, newspaper, and in positions like editor, reporter, presenter. So I did a bit of everything in the journalism field. But since I moved to Germany, I'm living what I call a career transition, right? I'm discovering this new tech world. I joined SAP in May this year as a working student at SAP Engineering. So till this moment, I feel I can use a lot from my previous background, giving support to videos and podcast production, for example, even giving some coaching sessions for our team from time to time. So my challenge now, I would say, is building this bridge between communication and technology. Uh, Maria, I know you joined this technology field as a full-time employee recently. We work together in the same team. Could you also share with our audience a bit about your background and your experience so far? I'm also a bit of an outsider in this field, actually. I studied translation, linguistics and culture in both my bachelor's and my master's programs with the languages um, German, English, Spanish, and Italian. And I had actually always thought I would become a translator, but then when opportunity knocked in 2018, I joined SAP for six months after my bachelor's degree. And I actually liked it so much that I rejoined in 2019 as a working student when I decided to also do my master's. And now, three years later, I am uh, super happy as a product manager in the same team that I started my working student position with. Now, it is safe to say that my CV isn't necessarily typical for an IT company, especially in engineering. But I do think that is the beauty of the job, right? Even someone 
who hasn't studied a typical IT-related subject like Fernanda or myself can succeed here as long as they are willing to put the work in. I myself has, have always had a little bit of interest in computers, but to be fair, not really profound. It was actually when I joined the company that I got into it a little bit more when I decided to teach myself um, very, very basic HTML to finish a project. And um, that's really when I realized that there's so much to learn here and that this is a job that I would want to do for a very long time. But how is it with you, Jenny? Were you always interested in technology as a career field? And how did you get started here? Actually, to be very honest with you, back at school, I was not directly interested in tech at all. Like topics like programming, etc. was not in my interest. But when it came to choosing a company for my um, vocational training program, I always liked the tech companies more because from my, you know, in my opinion, they always had like great employer profiles and, you know, pulse of time topics. So I really wanted to start at SAP really badly. Um, so I got into tech topics during my studies and also my first role in um, consulting where I did, um, you know, programming at the customers and really had this real life experience, which was really good to learn and understand. Um, now in my role, I'm, you know, working more in the bigger picture, uh, which is also super interesting. I really got to know our company well. Um, and what I know today is that I do not want to do any job, um, which is not related to tech or digitalization in the future. So I can really say that I, I got into the topics, definitely. That's nice. So you've also really found your dream job field, right? How about you, Jessica and Fernanda? From my perspective, I definitely was not thinking about a career in tech. Um, when I started, I, I kind of somewhat stumbled into it. I worked for a family law firm right out of college, and I, I thought I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. Um, after three and a half years of working for the law firm, I quickly realized that was not my calling. Uh, so one of my mentors at the firm suggested sales uh, based on my skill set and I think just kind of my competitive spirit. So um, when I was 23, I applied for a sales role that happened to be with a small technology company. And I came to really like kind of the fast pace and innovation aspect of tech. So I stuck with it um, and I'm still here in tech almost 20 years later. Um, so it's it's been very interesting to see how kind of tech running the world has increased more and more over the last 20, 30 years. It's a very interesting and fun place to be, I'd say. So I'm, I'm very happy to have found it um, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. That's great to hear about this experience because it really inspires us, especially for people like us who just joined this tech world. It's nice to hear you also started in another way and then you came to the tech world afterwards, right? Talking about my background, my interest actually in technology, it started when I moved to Germany, I would say. I was happy as journalist in Brazil to a certain point. But then when I moved to Germany for personal reasons, I realized it was also a time to change my career. So I searched for studies, what is, I think, pretty important when you need to restart, right? When you are in this career uh, transition. Then I started the master's studies in media technology and society at Darmstadt University of Applied Sciences here in Germany. 
And I said I joined SAP as a working student in May this year, so I really feel like I am at the beginning of this new journey, aware that I still have a lot to learn, but nowadays I would say more than ever, I'm happy I have this background in communications, especially when we think about soft skills, right? And I would say a career in technology requires a lot of technical skills. We are aware about it, but not only this, right? I also would highlight, for example, the importance of the leadership skills. So Jessica, we know you are a director at an enterprise technology company. So how do you think women can develop their leadership skills, for example? Yeah, I think there's a a couple of, of different ways to get going on that. First, I'd say kind of what I would consider find your people. So find leaders that you admire, that you can relate to and study them, kind of pay attention to, to what they're doing and, and how they are. Reach out to them, ask them to maybe mentor you or even have a monthly cadence with you if their mentoring plate is full. And also find a friend or a colleague that's in a similar place on their leadership journey meet with them regularly to learn from each other. I think it's valuable to not only connect with folks that are further along and, and where you want to go, but also those that are walking alongside of you that are in a similar place that you are and might be able to relate to what you're going through in real time. And then secondly, I'd say kind of get to know yourself and your leadership style, be self-aware, nurture your strengths and, and really stay in tune to what comes naturally to you and what doesn't. You know, in my career, I've gotten advice in the past that just didn't really fit with my personality and felt very fake to me. So I think it's important to kind of stay in tune to who you are while also challenging yourself to improve and grow. But being yourself, being real, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, I feel like is so important as a leader, really being the best version of yourself and kind of fine tuning that along the way as you learn and grow. And then also something I had to learn was don't feel like you have to wait to have a certain title or role, even really be in a people manager position to be a leader. So kind of seek out those opportunities to volunteer for things that will help you build your leadership skills along the way. And, and I'd say that doing that not only helps you be well-rounded, but it also helps you to build your network as you grow in your career. I think your network is very important as a leader. And then on a similar note, uh, kind of work to build your brand. So put yourself out there, get involved with multiple different parts of your organization. I think you be kind of become more valuable as a leader when you have relationships and knowledge of what goes on within different groups across your organization, than if you really stay in your own little world and in your own little bubble. So kind of get out there and expand your horizons a bit. I couldn't agree more, Jessica. I can only add to that. My advice would also be like, try it out, even without having teams, you know, as HR manager, you can still take on certain leadership roles um, in projects or in general working cross matrix is super helpful to develop those skills. Um, and as Jessica said, right, so learn from others, observe, shadow, speak to leaders. And you could even ask managers to support them in some of their tasks, like, you know, asking for whether you can support in any hiring processes, taking over some interviews, whatever. So I, I personally did that and learned a lot about leadership and my role as assistant, for example. I really like this take about 
learning from others. We have to keep learning to keep growing. I myself, I was lucky enough to be hired into a team right from the start that offered full support. I have a manager who is very understanding and supportive. He was actually the one who encouraged us today to use our podcast platform to talk about this important topic. Um, and of course, the rest of my team especially my buddy for the last uh, three years, they were all always very helpful and have always answered my questions and taken the time to really provide me with all the information I needed to get to where I am now. And which is also very important, I think, to keep making progress for myself to the point that I can also function as a mentor for someone else. Um, you have talked about it a little bit, but let's go a little bit deeper into it. How important is it for you to, to have a mentor in order to grow as a leader? From my point of view, like I believe it's very important. It helps me personally to really learn from my mentor's experiences. It gives you the option to share your topics, which you maybe wouldn't share with anyone else in a confidential environment. Um, and it's also very good for your network. Um, it's good to get an outside-in view because often mentors are not from the same field like you are in. Um, and in in addition to mentors, I think having a sponsor is also super important. So someone who has a certain, you know, broader network and impact, uh, who knows your skill, who knows your style of working, um, which could be like your current manager, former manager, whatever. So someone who will always be in your corner supporting and also promoting you. So I think it's both about mentors and sponsors, which is super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes sponsors, we forget about sponsors or we might be a little bit shy to ask someone to be a sponsor. Don't be shy, right? You need sponsors just as much as you need mentors. And, and I think having mentors and sponsors or multiples of those is absolutely necessary. One of the things I would say is you want to make sure the partnership and commitment is a two-way street. Um, you know, so I've had mentors that have absolutely changed my career and have been so valuable in my growth. But I've also had those that weren't necessarily the right fit. Um, so I think it's good to be cognizant of that and, and be intentional with that um, and recognize that and move on. You know, no hard feelings. We're just not a good match. So just make sure that you're kind of spending the time with those folks valuably. Um, and I, I think it's making sure that you're getting something out of it, not having a mentor just to say you have one, right? Make sure you're benefiting from the connection and again, be very intentional about it in order to get the most out of it that you can. And then to the point that was mentioned earlier, also important to give back. So when you're ready, be a mentor yourself um, and you'll find that you can learn a lot from that experience as well. Now, when we talk about women in IT, we always have the potential to be underestimated by our peers, right? And we sometimes have to work twice as hard to get the recognition we deserve, especially, for example, if you're young and straight out of university, like myself, for example, um, and you have to compete with established men who've uh, been doing this job for decades and who are also used to a certain way of doing things, right? What advice would you give to young women entering this industry to tell them, don't let these stereotypes or prejudices stop you? 
Yeah, from well, first in regards to tech, just as an industry, I'd say if you if you want to be in an industry where you're super comfortable all the time and there's not much change or things move very slowly, run. Don't come to tech because <laughs> that's not that's not how it is in this industry. Um, but if you're looking for an industry where you can really get out of your comfort zone and grow as a young woman professionally and also personally, this is a, a great place to be. And of course, not everyone has the same experience, but based on my own experience, I'd say, be prepared to prove yourself, be prepared to be bold, be prepared to encounter situations that give you an opportunity to stand up for yourself and challenge yourself through those. Um, There are definitely prejudices and stereotypes, um, but I think kind of turning those into opportunities for yourself versus letting it get you down or letting it get you too frustrated to function, um, you end up winning in the end if you can kind of flip it and say, you know what, I'm going to take this and I'm going to help myself through this. Um, You know, obviously there's a very strong chance that you may be underestimated. And trust me, I know firsthand it can be very frustrating, Um, but use it to your advantage. Let it fuel you. Have the confidence to know what you bring to the table People underestimating you is not fun, but man, is it fun when you can prove them wrong and grow in the process of overcoming that prejudice or stereotype. Um, So just find it in yourself to say, you know what? I know who I am. I know I can do this. Sorry, you're underestimating me, but let me prove to you um, that I'm just as good as anyone else. Um, I get passionate about that topic because I once was that young, you know, the girl that kind of jumped out of college and, and was very underestimated. So um, I think it's it's very valuable to use that um, to your advantage and not as a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, again, I couldn't agree more. Uh, my advice would also be like, don't be scared. I mean, I'm also at an early stage in my career, I would say, and I know myself how hard it can be sometimes being in meetings with like very experienced and knowledgeable people. Um, and sometimes I still, you know, shy back with my thoughts, not, you know, letting them out. Um, so also my advice would be like, have confidence in your capabilities and have confidence to tell your ideas and thoughts. So there's no need to shy back. And finally, I think like most important to me, like is always, you know, be, your authentic self like the most important thing don't change your nature when it comes to business you don't need to appear tougher or stronger or whatever like just stay yourself be authentic be empathetic and also like be willing to learn I think like personally I really believe you can do anything if you are willing to learn and if you are open to new things and just get into it That's fantastic to hear from you because when I hear about your experience, I feel like you are a woman and there are many women before you who opened this space, who opened this door for all of us. So when you hear about your experience, we can learn so much also to avoid problems, right, in our career and to be a bit more prepared for the challenges we'll face, right, in this world. And I think it's very important to watch other women in this way to get some inspiration, not only in the technology field, but also look into the personal aspects. So I would like to hear from you. Do you have women who inspire you? Who is your reference nowadays? Yeah, so for me professionally, I'm very inspired by Stephanie Chiris. So she is Red Hat's SVP of our partner ecosystem globally. And the thing that I find so brilliant 
about Stephanie is her ability to find balance in all the great aspects of a leader. So she's strong and firm when she needs to be, but she's also very empathetic and open to others' ideas, regardless of their title or place within the organization. And she has this confidence, intelligence, she's super smart, and she has a ton of experience. And you'd think that that would be very intimidating, but she's also so personable and relatable that you feel very comfortable talking with her and seeking advice from her. So I'm super thankful to have the opportunity to learn from her. And then personally, I have to say my mom. So my mom was married at 19. She had me when she was 22. She was a divorced single mom by the time she was 24. She never went to college, um, but she had this lifelong dream. She wanted to be a teacher. And so at 46 years old, she went back to college and um, she wasn't gonna let that dream die. So at age 50, she graduated college, became an elementary school teacher, and actually retires next year. So she's just a classic example of you're never too far along in life to pursue a dream. And that has always inspired me not to give up. And there's a ton of other women that I could talk about, but those are just two. Same here. Like, it's really hard to nail it down, actually. There are many, many great women I've met on my way, um, product leaders, you know, um, but also people like my mom, just like in your case, Jessica. She's been a tech lady back then um, when it was really hard for women in that field. So you cannot even compare that to today. Um, and in general, I must say, like, every mother is inspiring to me. Um, managing both uh, family and career like you, Jessica, is super impressive. I always ask myself, like, how do those wonderful women do that. Um, so um, really, really inspiring. That's an amazing point, Jenny, you just uh, said, because behind great careers, there is always this challenge of being a woman also in your personal life. So Jessica, we know uh, you are a mom and I know there's this strong misconception that as soon as you become one, your life changes and you can't grow in your career anymore, right? A lot of people think like that. Uh, did you have any people putting obstacles in your way because of this? And how is it for you to manage your professional life in an IT company with a kid, a house, also find some time to take care of yourself? So do you think you manage well the work-life balance here? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I remember thinking about that when, when I was pregnant with my daughter and, and how, how is this going to affect my career um, and it, it actually ended up fueling me, I think specifically, cause I, I do have a girl. Um, I'm sure it would be very similar if I had a boy too, but being in a male dominated industry, kind of wanting to encourage her as well to be able to do whatever she wants to do, regardless of, of what it might be, um, kind of fuels me and, and, and helps me to, you know, show her me working hard and me having a career and also being able to balance it. Um, in regards to work-life balance, I do feel as if I manage the work-life balance well, mainly because I work for a company that very much values that. Also thankful to have a boss that stresses the importance of putting family first, regardless of the circumstance. So I've been very grateful for, for that. I, I think where I struggle is finding the balance of self-care versus caring for everything and everyone else. So the people in my life, my husband, my family, my colleagues, they allow me and, and very much encourage me to take time for myself. 
but it's something I struggle with. So it's almost like I'm in my own way um, because I don't make time for myself like I should. I always find something else that needs to be done, a to-do list, an errand to run. So personally, I really need to be more intentional about taking time for me, for that self-care that we all need and so often overlook. So really don't let myself get in my own way. It's kind of a pep talk to myself um, of finding that personal balance. That's true. And I can imagine it's a huge challenge. Uh, Jenny, what about you? How is this work-life balance to you? It's actually also one of my personal biggest challenges to find that balance and also to find time for, for self-care. Um, so what I'm also still learning, I think it's super important to really consciously plan any non-work activities um, throughout the week. So there's often no such um, end of work thing. I mean, we all know it, right? Especially like when working from home, for example, like when do you stop? There's always something you can do for work. Um, so what I try to do more and more is like really putting blockers into my calendar, like planning training sessions, um, date nights, whatever, meeting with friends. Um, I think that's super important, but I'm, I'm also not the best example here uh, when it comes to work-life balance. I was sure that this would be an amazing discussion. Uh, I really could keep talking to you ladies for days. I would like to say thank you a lot, Jenny and Jessica, for being part of this very special anniversary episode about women in tech. I think it's very important to have these conversations and, of course, to share our experience to raise this awareness and especially to support each other in the overcoming prejudice in the such male-oriented field. I just can say I learned a lot from you today. I totally agree. Jenny, Jessica, thank you also from my side for this insightful discussion and for the advice that you've shared, especially turning around people's doubts in us to fuel our own success is a really powerful message. Uh, thank you for that. I'm sure you can inspire a lot of young women with this. For our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We sure did. As always, feel free to drop us an email to insightsf 4 at sap.com and let us know which topics are of your interest. Tune in next time and be inside SAP as for HANA.